Good morning. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 14 through 23. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To God, to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with your spirit. Amen. Well, we did it. We banged out Philippians, right? If you're here with us in the beginning, you say, yeah, glad we made it. If uh, today's your first day, you're saying, well, that was fast. <laughs> but we made it. And I think it's fitting that we make it through Philippians on the day we come together to pray and seek the Lord in all things, because clearly that's what this, this wonderful book is about. And I'm, I'm interested in it because... You know, if the Philippian church and if Paul had as their mindset and their worldview only the things that were happening there, we wouldn't be reading these words. You see, they were sending Paul gifts to help him in his ministry all over the region because they had a great vision for what God was doing. Because not they didn't invent that vision because God gave it to them. <clears throat> you see, and as we come together to pray for as it says here, a, a biblical worldview, we, like the, the Christians in Philippi and others, come to the Lord saying, God, we know that we haven't got this great plan that we're trying to fit you into. Rather, God, you have a great plan that we are fitting into. So our prayers this morning are all framed within the, the mindset of recognizing that God's vision for First United Methodist Church and for all of us is not just about us. Matter of fact, it's not even mostly about us. It's mostly about what God wants to do through us. So our prayer today is that we would have that mindset. There's going to be a lot of praying this week and today and beyond. And, and I want to make sure that all of us keep in our hearts so closely the fact that, that God is using us for his mission. And because of that, here's the great promise. It's going to succeed. We may not succeed with our plans, but God's plan will succeed. And if we're on par with, if we're on par with God's plan, then you, you better believe that great things are going to happen. So we're going to come to the Lord now and ask that God give us this mindset. And also ask that God would, would uh, bless Pastor Mike as he comes to share this final message from the book of Philippians. A message that is geared toward all of the events of this week and today for prayer. Let's come before the Lord. God, we do thank you for our time in Philippians. We thank you, Lord, for the way that this church and, and, its, and the book of Philippians author, Lord, the Apostle Paul, 
had as their vision and their mindset, Lord, to be faithfully obedient to the, the plans that you have for them. And Lord, our prayer today would be that we would be likewise minded, not on ourselves, but Lord, on this world around us, Lord, and on your plan for it, and specifically that part of the plan that you want to accomplish through us, Lord, through the people of First United Methodist Church, Lord. Father, our heart's desire is to be faithful and obedient to your plan, to your vision, to your word. Lord, you promised that your word would never go out and come back empty, failing to accomplish that which you have set it to do. And Lord, we ask that we likewise would be sent out, Lord, with that promise, that that which you have given for us to do, Lord, we would be faithful and that you would see it accomplished, Lord. You are faithful to accomplish the work that you began in us, Lord, as we read in this book. So God, help our minds to be not on a strategy or a plan, but Lord, instead to be on you, on being open, on being obedient, and most of all, being faithful to your plan. God, help us to have that love for the world, Lord, that you have. That love that, that demanded the life of your Son because you loved this world so much that whoever would believe upon the name of Jesus would not perish but have everlasting life in heaven. Lord, the gospel is, is our mission. The gospel is our call. Help us, God, to take that mission to the ends of the earth or across the street. Lord, to some far distant land or to the person in the cubicle next door. Lord, wherever you may call us to be and to do and to go, Father, may we be faithful. And Lord, may you bless Pastor Mike as he comes today to share this message. God, give his, give his spirit, Lord, an overwhelming portion of your spirit that he might share those words that you have given him. And Lord, give your church here the ears to hear what you would say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. I get a lot of memos in my life. You probably do too. Little notes that uh, direct us to do one thing or another or giving us encouragement or, or something like that. And there are a lot of memos that I simply get that you probably get too. And you look at it and you read it and you say, well, okay, I get the message and into the recycle it goes or to the delete button. But then there's sometimes these messages we get that we just save them. We even print them sometimes and we put them in that file for, for, for times when we might need them or they're so encouraging that we, we just want to hold on to them. And I, and I want to point to the walk that Keith and I have been taking with you through Philippians since the first Sunday in February. We have been talking about this internal mem memo, and Vicki and I and Keith have, have written articles about this, the kind of memo that you save because it has so much utility for your spirit. Because it does come, this, this memo that we call the book of, of Philippians, with these huge affirmations. It says to the Philippian church, good job, you're doing it right, carry on. We're proud of you. You're, you're doing it. You're praying for us. You're, you're giving to the mission. We're so proud of you. And, and I would say that, that the memo comes to us the same way, to First United Methodist Church. It comes to us by saying, good job. 
You're being faithful to the cause. You need be commended for that. Continue your prayers. Continue your work. Continue your giving. And like any other good memo, the letter to the Philippians also comes with some encouragement and instruction. It says, not only are you doing well, but if you just add a couple of things to your ministry here, or if you change your perspective over here, God's ministry in your community will expand, and many, many more will be blessed. See, I think the encouragement of Philippians is simple. It calls the church of Jesus Christ not to be satisfied with good, but for his sake to reach for the great. And it starts with this. Do you remember where we were on Easter Sunday? And I came up here and I did kind of a different start to our Easter Sunday. I said, hey, everybody sing with me. And I'm going to ask you to sing with me right now. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. You know, that was kind of funny to see on Easter Sunday. I mean, we've kind of laughed about how the fact we didn't want to throw off people that had been in, only at church the last time on Christmas Eve, and we never could get a new song. We got that little joke out there. But see, the point of that song is, and one of the driving points of the book of Philippians is come and adore God. Come with your whole life. No, not simply to the corner of 8th and 12th and Marion and adore God, but come with your whole life and adore Him. Don't be lukewarm in your faith and don't let it become lukewarm because everything around you drives for it to be lukewarm. But put Christ above all things and in all things. Let Christ lead your life and have fidelity of focus in your life to Christ. That no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're saying, no matter what circumstance you find yourself in, whether it be work or play or family or just in your alone time with your computer or whatever, let your focus and fidelity be on Christ. Put Christ above all things. Let Him be the leader of your life. Not just a a, a role player in your life. Not someone you just cast prayers to from time to times when you're feeling blue or just because it's dinner time or time to lay down and, and go to sleep. But put your entire focus of your life and let Christ fill your life up and therefore be for Him in the world. And and let God's glory be given in every single thing that you do and say. And so we sing in our heart every single day, oh, come, let us adore him. For we have this role. And as we look back over the book of Philippians, we saw this role over and over and over again. We have this role in our generation to advance the gospel. You see, the church is really not that complicated. It's purpose and it's mission. The purpose of the church is to win souls for Christ and to nurture them into the kingdom. And our role must be to influence that and help that and pitch into that all the time. You see, I said this sentence. I remember in the 11 o'clock sentence, I said to our college students and our interns, get out a piece of paper and write this sentence down. Because this sentence is important. It's important for what you're going to do with your life and what your life is going to be about. And the sentence was simply this. Will the gospel stop with you or spread through you? Will the gospel stop with you or spread through you? Because this I know for sure because we're here. The last generation didn't let it stop with them. It spread it through them to us. And our responsibility is the same. 
We cannot let the gospel stop with us. We need to spread it. David said of himself, I can be faithful in my own generation. See, I can do nothing about the generations that preceded me. I can influence by my life, though, the generations that follow me by being faithful in the spans of years that the Lord has given me here on life, in life. And part of our responsibility in the spreading of the gospel is to be absolutely good examples of Christianity. We need to not let them sit still, but we need to act upon them always. We need to be able to, as Pastor Keith said in, in this phenomenal sermon, he brought this, this young man in our church up here to give testimony. We need to serve the Lord. We need to serve the Lord right now in our generation. And we serve the Lord first in our world, in the little worlds that we live. We all, we, you know, we all see this huge world of 6.2 billion people, but guess what? We mostly live in a world of 30s and 40s and 100s, Right? We're supposed to influence people for Christ in those areas. That's our world. And we had this young man come up and tell his testimony about how one of his friends at Jefferson High School had brought him to 412 and brought him to summer games and ultimately led him to Jesus Christ. We have to serve God in our world and we have to be willing, as Keith said very well, to serve Christ in our church. And it's been thrilling, I think, to see over the years how sometimes we will ask and people will raise their hands and say, pick me, pick me. And I remind some of you that haven't been here for a long time that sometimes people that serve in the church are serving those roles because they know they can and they should, but that doesn't mean they want to do them forever. So raise your hand too and come alongside them and serve with them. So, so when we look at Philippians and how it progresses, we have this role of, of advancing the gospel. And, and it starts with our adoration of, go, of God. It moves towards our knowledge that we have to do something about it And then it comes to this fact that we have to get our minds right and keep our minds right. Now, I really pitched that at our high school graduating seniors, how important that is in our lives. But it's no different for you and I because so many things are trying to tear us down all the time, take us away from Christ. And so we don't lean on Him or lean into Him, as Keith said a moment ago, like we should. We, we don't depend on him like Vicky said in the prayer a, a moment ago. We, we, we sometimes start depending on our own strength. And, and help me, let me under, help you understand this. As you, as you know, I want you to know, but I also want you to know this. You see, we can rejoice in Christ because a Christian, no matter what comes to them, no matter what mistakes you make, no matter how the world influences you, the Christian can never lose their joy. Because you see, Christ has affixed himself to you when you received him, and he can never be shook from you. You, you might think that Christ has wandered away, but let me tell you this. You, if you're a Christian, can never lose Christ. There are times in your own minds or when you're saying things that you would like to lose Christ. But you cannot lose Christ because he has affixed himself to you and he will not let you go. You know that old hymn, you're the 830 service. Oh, love that will not let me go. What do you think that's about? That's about the fact that Christ has affixed himself to you and he has done so that you might know the joy of greatness and exuberance and opportunity and all that. And also so you might know that when resistance comes, when difficulty comes, wanders into your life he wants you to know that he is there with you not beside you he is there with you and joy cannot be evaporated from your soul because he gives you joy because we learn this and paul tells this all the time he says there will be resistance 
the dogs will come. The dogs will bark at you and nip at you and try to drag you away from your Christian faith. They'll even tell you sometimes that you're doing your faith wrong, that you're not focusing on the right scriptures or your doctrine is wrong. There's dogs outside the faith that says Christianity's not relevant anymore. How can a Bible that's been written 2,000 years ago possibly have relevance in the world today? Look, the world changes. The culture must change with it. To that, the Christian must say, because we have Christ in our lives, we can cling to him who already holds us. You see, not just in ways of oppression that come to us through ideas and ideologies, but there will be resistance also just because we're living on this globe called the earth. You see, I'm not going to teach any of you that have any miles on their tires a truth here that you don't already know, but this is the fact. Oftentimes, life is hard. It is. Life is hard. And sometimes, it is very hard. There are cancers and deaths and broken relationships and fragmented minds and economic distress and all of those things that you know in your lives or have passed by in your lives or are in the midst of right now that makes life very hard. Which is why Paul gave us this scripture and so often it's been misappropriated and we talked about that last week how, how Philippians 4.13 yeah it's great you can put it on your, on your coffee cup so you can bang out 20 on the bench press or something like that. that that verse that says I can do all things through him who gives me strength but I'll tell you what there's much more important strength than you need than the ability to get up and do your morning run in the morning. You need to have that strength when the whole world is opposing your viewpoint. You need to be able to lean into a strength that is so strong that regardless of the of, uh, uh, opposition, regardless of the difficulty, you in your heart say, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. When the world opposes you, when life comes to you, difficulty, that, that, that is how we lean into that. Now, his next to closing lines in Philippians go like this. Paul says in 4, 19 and 20, Keith pre, uh, previewed this last week, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say that God will meet all of your needs at the end of your hard work. It doesn't say that God will meet all of your needs because you're a good person. It's talking about the storehouse of riches that God has and he bestows upon you because he's affixed to you. And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And then he closes by saying, to our God and Father be glory and honor forevermore. To our God and Father be glory and honor evermore. To our God and Father be glory and honor evermore. This is the song that should well up in our hearts to partner with, oh, come let us adore you. Because our God gives everything to us that we need if what? We lean into him and we allow him to lead us. I, I probably got more emails in the last year about one sermon I preached a handful of weeks ago where I said, it might even been the baccalaureate sermon where I said this sentence, worry is a subtle form of distrust of God. You got that? Worry is a subtle form of distrust in God. I got a lot of response about that because, you know, I do know worry. I got a kid getting married two weeks from yesterday, right? I got some worries in my life. 
Not, not just that, I'm, that, that she might have a difficulty or that, you know, that I'm going to run out of money. But I, I, I am worried about that things will work out for them. I'm not going to run out of money, though. I just want to tell you that. Tracy did, though. <laughs> just kidding. Can't say that at 11 o'clock. She's here. <laughs> yeah, I know. Word always gets around to her, though. Uh, <laughs> These guys are tweeting it in the front row. All right. And when we look back and say, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of the glory of God in Christ Jesus. See, Paul offers this simple antidote, which is prayer. Prayer. Prayer is the antidote. This is why we're focusing on this as a church. Heck, we have lots of good ideas. We have some brilliant minds in this church, lots of them. We probably, if left to our own devices, could figure out some strategic plan and some objectives to hit. But it would be the wrong thing for us to do personally, in our externals, and in what we are to do as a church. Alfred Lord Tennyson wrote, Cast all your cares on God, for that anchor holds. And I will tell you this from a personal place. This phrase came to me um, probably 20 years ago, and I've clung to it in moments, uh, many moments, that I've really needed it. See, as human beings, at least my generation, likely most of yours, we were taught, be strong, be strong. You know, I've always believed that if, you know, integrity and hard work were all that were needed to do a task, I could do it. I'm strong enough to that. I was strong character was built within me. I was blessed with parents and a church that gave me all that kind of stuff. And so I've always said, you know, if, if it's just strength of character, it's just integrity, it's just hard work, I can get it done. And a lot of you probably feel the same way. But here's the thing. When that opposition comes, and when those difficulties come, we try to, you know, puff up our chest and say, I'm strong enough to handle this. And I remind you of this, this phrase that's held me for years. It says, you have been strong too long. You have been long, strong for too long. Remember the little Bible school song, song? I am weak, but he is strong. I can do all things through him who gives me the strength. It's not our strength that matters. It's a blink of the eye. It will fade and go away. But the strength of God will endure forever and ever. See, what we as a church need to do and what we as individuals need to cast our eyes upon is this simple idea that we have been strong too long and we need to allow ourselves to be broken in half and our strength, whatever it is, it is be poured out because here's what i know for sure about myself is i do not have strength to recreate the world if it needs recreating i do not have strength to give it life if it needs given life i do not have the strength to nurture and care for every human being on on the earth but our lord jesus does and so we need to allow our strength to fade away so that we might tap into his strength and be part of that great ministry that pulls us towards all of those things you have been strong for too long. For too long. Allow yourself to be broken out, open and, and poured out. Even today at communion, even today in our next phrase, phase of prayers, even this week at some of those prayer meetings that will be happening in people's homes, in our congregation, and allow and validate those around you to be broken. And allow their strength to pour out and expect people you don't know and expect people 
that you haven't seen in church and expect people that you wouldn't expect to be part of the community of faith to be reaching for God. Because when we allow ourselves to have the strength that gives all strength in our lives, we will see those things. Now, when it comes to First United Methodist Church, I will also give you this little piece of transparency. I love First United Methodist Church. I've loved it for a long time. It is where my heart and soul is cast. You see, I was thinking about this week, and I haven't been the pastor of First United Methodist Church for 20% of my ministry. I've been the lead pastor of First United Methodist Church for 20% of my life. This is my plan, the only plan. This is what God has in mind for me. And so if, we don't, if I don't lead you to where I believe the Lord wants us to lead, then honestly, I'm being sincerely not self-effacing, we need to get another leader. My moments have had my time, you know. And so the leadership that I want to give right now and in this whole process that we're in right now is that simple counsel, let yourself be broken open. Let our church be broken open. Let us not cling to everything that we've ever been and, and the things that we want to do as we were prayed, led in prayer a moment ago. But let us cling to what God wants us to do and let his spirit come into us. Now, one of the things, and I'll say this, um, that Vicki and Keith and I talk about, one of the things that's most disappointing to me is when I go to a prayer meeting and the preachers, like a bunch of hens, talk for 50 minutes and pray for 10. I came to a prayer meeting, not a talk meeting. I got talk meetings down at wit's end. I can go down to talk anytime I want. And I'll tell you this, that when you go to a home group this week, there will be fellowship, no doubt. But those are prayer meetings. You can go to Culver's afterwards if you need to talk more. But we're going to have 50 minutes of prayer and 10 minutes of talk. And so I unabashedly, I, I unapologetically encourage you, if you haven't signed up, sign up.